0: I'm Lisa Kiss, and I'm the host of Be Mindful Podcast. I'm also the owner of Be Mindful Studio, a virtual studio and community that exists to merge astrology, mindfulness, and meditation. My intention is to support your spiritual well-being to allow yourself to come back into harmony. I'm an astrologer and mindfulness meditation teacher, and I created this podcast for the modern woman to feel grounded and learn to live with intention through astrology. I want to inspire and encourage you to be a little more mindful in your day-to-day so that you can start living a more purpose-filled, self-aware life that you love. Thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to seeing you in the show.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Mindful Podcast. Today, I am here with Alex Elbert, a astrologer, yoga teacher. I feel like there's another. You do a bunch of things. The word counseling astrologers in there too, and um, we connected on Instagram. I think this year in 2021, I found her account and. Um, She's close to me in Ontario, which is really, really cool to like see that and it's like oh wow there's someone close to me who who likes the things that I do because it's there's I don't really think there's any other really astrologers in the Hamilton area where I live but so it's exciting to see you come up. So
2: do you want to introduce yourself Alex everybody yeah thanks lisa thanks for having me and thanks to the listeners who are tuning in and yeah so i'm based out of welland ontario uh that's where i'm born and raised and yeah i don't even we were just saying before we started recording that we don't know how we got connected on instagram but somehow divine timing occurred and instagram has been so good for me like that i met my partner on instagram i run my business on instagram so it's it's so great Um, I have Capricorn rising, so it's, I typically (laughs) introduce myself with my professional titles (laughs) and I have a lot of them and I I find them limiting too, but I am a counseling astrologer. I focus on trauma sensitive approaches and, um, the astrology of life cycles specifically. I'm also a holistic cycle educator, yoga, meditation teacher, and an empowerment coach. So, um, from there, beyond my work, I'm also, um, a die hard yokini i love food i love cooking i love animals being in nature and traveling and spending time with children and my, my friends and and family are all ways that i like nourish myself awesome yeah before um,
1: i looked at it yesterday and i have it up is your website like you're about through the through your chart and um, when I saw that you were Capricorn rising, I didn't know your rising sign. I knew you're Scorpio, and I was like, "Oh, I'm a Cancer rising. I'm like it's the opposite energy there." And I was yes. like, okay. "Yeah, I finally know a lot of Capricorn risings, and it's like that structured sort of energy that I don't necessarily have. i more, I flow more so. But I think that's kind of cool how the people that we somehow end up connecting with, it's like that opposite energy. So,
2: yeah, and it's like so complimentary that way, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I always ask everyone to talk about their big three and like how you relate to them, how they impact your life, just anything you want to share about your big three. What's What do you mean by big three? Oh, the sun, moon, rising.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so I already <laughs> shared a little bit about my Capricorn rising. And so I actually, so I got my chart read for the first time in 2015. And when I saw the Capricorn rising, I was like, wow, that makes so much sense sense like how I like present myself in like such a professional manner um like and Saturn being like the ruler of my chart too like just being like yeah very work oriented like business oriented but also having this like sober and careful approach to life Um, but like I almost find that like that Capricorn is kind of like a mask (laughs) like people take me seriously but I'm actually like a witch. You know, so my, with my son being Scorpio, like I'm super spiritual and intuitive and deep and intense and emotional. Uh, I really love the, like the Scorpio part of me that is, um, like more in tune with the, what is beyond like the physical realm, like very connected in that way. Um, but I feel like out of the big three, like the Gemini moon, is what i really am resonating more and more with these days like the realizing that the moon is like funneled like through the moon everything else is funneled and how like i'm just i'm a huge nerd i love reading and writing and i'm super chatty almost too much sometimes and um yeah that's what i would say about my big three okay awesome i i'm gemini sun
1: so i think in DMs or something you said your Gemini moon I was like okay awesome Gemini
2: energy so fun it is you can just like shoot the shit or just have a conversation or like that curiosity the learning right yeah and I feel like um the teaching too
1: like you do your teaching of so many different things because you you can't just pick one you have to teach about everything that you you study and learn
2: oh like literally like everything that I'm passionate about it's like I'm compelled to just create a course or work or like write about it and like spread the word and yeah it's like why that's why like some of those titles I find are like limiting because I'm like but I like I do so many things like my approach is so integrative and my I feel like my interests are like constantly like evolving and changing Mm -hmm. and so that's like definitely the Gemini moon
1: yeah I can't ever just be one
2: title like one thing
1: I'm always either two like the duality or I just I just now I'm uh, I call myself like teacher mentor guide because I can't put words in front of those because it's always changing so I'm just like teacher mentor guide done that's it
2: yeah (laughs) especially because like if you're doing your own kind of work and you're like if yourself like your personal self is involved in your work it's always going to be changing as you're growing and so like that's why like the titles are good in some ways or like putting some sort of like like, I'm thinking like Capricorn 10th house, like a label for the public to see. Mm-hmm. And, but then it's like, but the, our soul, our interests are so infinite. Right. So mm-hmm. I can relate to you on that end. Mm-hmm. And then
1: just cause I'm curious, you're a Scorpio son, but which house does your son live in? It's in the ninth house. Okay. Sagittarius.
2: Okay. Okay. That explains. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like the travel, the higher education. Yeah, I like I feel that so much. And so like the past year or so, of obviously, with everyone else, I haven't had many opportunities to travel. I actually moved back to my hometown. I'm living with my parents currently, but I feel like my solar energy has been zapped from not feeding it into like the ninth house energy other than learning. And so I'm looking forward to being able to like shake that up a bit, like shaking up my routine, so that I feel that life force energy being fueled back into my sun. Yeah, I have my moon in the ninth house, so I okay. definitely so I go. In,
1: yeah, but I go into more like that dream state with it. I like I have my long list of like dream traveling, or like if some if I'm upset, I'm like I'm just gonna like run away
2: and travel the world. But I never actually like do it. <laughs> So it's like in the, in, like in the privacy yeah. of your mind for, mm-hmm. for you daydream about traveling yeah. <laughs> or you go to your safe space.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did you get started with astrology and your wellness journey with yoga and meditation and everything?
2: Yeah. So this is like a long story, but <laughs> I had pretty much, I pretty much had a, a spiritual awakening. I want to say in 2015, I mean, I was always interested in astrology. Like I always knew I was a Scorpio, but I didn't know about the birth chart until 2015. Mm -hmm. And I came to a point where I was like realizing all these unhealthy patterns that I had gotten myself into. Like I was in several abusive relationships. I'm a domestic survivor or domestic abuse survivor. I'm also a huge high achiever to the point where like perfectionism has been something that's been really challenging. So all of these things came up to the surface in 2015. And I, it was dangerous. It came to a dangerous point where I was like, holy shit, I need to change my life. And so I became really interested in all these things about healing and spirituality. So I guess I would really start with yoga, like yoga is what really prompted my like inward journey. I had practiced yoga as like a workout for years before that, but I started going to a yoga studio in Sudbury, where I was living at the time. And one of the teachers, uh, her name is Willa, she's a beautiful person, she talked about mercury retrograde. And I was like. that's interesting. What is like mercury retrograde? And I feel like so many people say that, but for me, that compelled me to asking her about it after after the class. I was like, I'm curious to learn more about like mercury retrograde. Like, what does that mean? And she was like, Hey, you should get a reading with a local astrologer. His name is Kishal, who is now my mentor. So I got a reading with him and it blew my mind. It really blew my mind. And I was just like, It it felt very natural for me to, I don't know, it just felt like a language I had learned before. And I felt like I was being hugged by like divine energy. Like how could this chart, this map, like explain me and validate, like, for example, my emotional intensity and also illustrate like my potential. So I was just, I was like really captivated by the chart and then there were so many unanswered questions and being like I have a Scorpio stellium so being the Scorpio that I am I was like I was like a detective and I wanted to just understand everything about the chart and knowing that that had so much potential for self-awareness that just like really I became obsessed I became obsessed with learning astrology and so after that reading I just started looking up like every single symbol that I could and I didn't realize I was learning the language and I was learning how to read a birth chart like this was like this kind of happened by accident. <laughs> and so, so through that I, yeah, I developed I, de- I developed an understanding of how to read birth charts and I was reading books as well like astrology books Stephen Forrest is one of my biggest teachers. Um, and I started doing readings for other people and then slowly and surely I started, I was like, wow, I can maybe like make a living out of this. Cause I had, I made a career change. This was not part of the plan. <laughs> this started as a healing journey. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it started with yoga, but a need for a deep, like a deep healing or changes in my life and that I, I needed to go inwards and understand who I, who I am, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, similar for me. Yoga was the
1: first thing that I kind of got into as well, and then it just kind of like one of the modules that we learned was about um, our like life path, like the numerology, the astrology. And then that's when I discovered there's a whole chart. And when I discovered there's a moon and a rising, not just my Gemini Sun, I was like, oh my god, this explains why I don't always connect to the Gemini energy,
2: Mm.
1: yeah. And what you mentioned before at the beginning, really connecting to the to your moon and as you like it's just something I feel that way sometimes it's like I don't feel like my sun sign and it's like mm-hmm. pe- more I feel like more people need to know about their chart and like all the different layers that exist to them and going deeper into it
2: oh I couldn't agree more and how like it's even just not the the big three it's also like mm-hmm. the aspects to the big three the yeah. house placements because the aspects can make a huge difference because my moon for example is square chiron and so and and also my moon is also conjunct the south node so it just gives so much more information and like nuance to those placements and yeah I feel like on the journey that we are we're on to like spread this awareness yeah. we're like everybody needs to know about
1: this <laughs> yeah all of my friends have had their chart read by me whether they wanted to really or not I've just kind of shared the information or they say something and I'm just like I have a lot of leo energy around me for some reason and i'm just like oh you're being such a leo right now but that's okay like love you right and it's like they need that sort of energy and it's like it's cool to like use it to understand people more and i don't know yeah
2: i feel like because words can only do so much and Mm -hmm. so just to define our reality to astrology is such an archetypal kind of language Mm -hmm. that brings in way more than thought So if you understand like an archetype, you can feel someone's energy without necessarily needing to like reason it, which is why I think I love it so much. And then when you share it with other people, people, it's like contagious. People are like, wow, I like really feel that too, through like the, the energy of like the archetype. And yeah, I like, I think in astrology, it's really, it's hard to shut that off and I don't want to. (laughs) Do you
1: um just because you're Scorpio and this is go up during Scorpio season? Do you have you looked into like the degrees of it, like um all the placements and what that like you use that as well when you recharge? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I do. Okay, because my sun is eight degrees, which is that Scorpio degree point, and then right now I have like Aquarius rules my eighth house, so I have Jupiter in there like naturally, and then it's going through there now, and then Saturn. So. The whole. I feel like this year is like a Scorpio theme for me in my life, which is like, like the deep, yeah, mm-hmm. the deep dive into the eighth house territory, yeah. and it's so mm. like new. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, what's going on this year? But
2: yeah, <laughs> how does it feel for you?
1: Oh, okay. I've made so many changes. Like I've moved and I've like, and it's like I need alone time really and to like go deeper mm-hmm. than my grandma's Scorpio, which like I kind of want inter- to interview her for the podcast too, just like as like a memory for me. But like I've been mm-hmm. spending more time with her, even because she has that like beautiful Scorpio energy. So
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm, I like it. I love that because that gives me more information or more of. Up- a better idea of like how other people might experience it. Cause I've never consciously had an eighth house transit. Okay. I have my Chiron. My Chiron is in um, the eighth house, but never, never. And of course, like the inner planets will go through the eighth house, but not never like the outer planets. Like I've never had a huge transit through the eighth house to understand that like, yeah, like big transitions usually happen and like the alone time and the introspection to connect to the deeper waters in you is like so important for that
1: yeah I have I have so many transits happening right now it's like crazy I have like Mm. Neptune opposite Mars Uranus directly on top of my Mercury and Pluto on my descendant so Mm. yeah (laughs) it's just like Mm. it's a lot and I think Pluto will go into my eighth house once it moves into Aquarius like do you use
2: the whole house system or the Placidus It depends i actually use coke houses because that's how i learned and then that's what my mentor uses and he we basically established like you just stick with one and then you like master it and i've seen a lot of success with it um if i'm looking at timing techniques like um annual perfections is one of them that i use i will look at the whole house systems so yeah it depends what i'm looking for in the chart but i would say coke house coke houses is like my go-to Okay. I haven't studied that one. I'm
1: just like investigating whole sign now. And then like I just learned about perfections this year. So there's always something new to
2: like that. Yeah, this. me too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, the trad because it's like the whole from what I understand, it's like the whole sign houses are for, more for like traditional techniques mm-hmm. and like for timing techniques. Um, so I've explored it just recently. This is pr- rather new for me to mm-hmm. study whole, whole sign houses, but it changes, like it com- completely changes the chart for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And so it's cool because it's like okay, um, all of it, all, all of it is relevant. They're just alternate like dimensions of, yeah, your reality in some ways. And I, re- I resonate with all of it. Mm-hmm. So it's just like other like more layers to explore, which mm-hmm. I love. Yeah, yeah. Scorpio. <laughs> yeah, they're going deeper in all the layers peeling back. <laughs> I'm like, yeah it's like more self-awareness like more to explore like bring it on Mm -hmm. and I love how you have that connection with your grandma too yeah I
1: wanted to um like I had these sort of I always get like big ideas. And I was like, I'm going to interview because I had like five Leo season interviews. I don't know how I know that many Leos. (laughs) They were all excited to do it. And I was like, okay. And then Virgo season, as we're recording this, it's like, okay, that's not the best use of your time. Maybe just focus on one or two people that you can really like everyone can learn from, right? So I wanted to do like a dreams episode because I feel like there's so much hidden in there, like going deeper. And then I have really vivid, extreme dreams. And so does my grandma. I think that's where I get it from. So I wanted to like interview a bunch of Scorpios and like someone who can interpret dreams, but I'm like, I don't know if I have the time to do that. But um, even like, that's like a whole idea that I have. I don't know how you relate to dreams, but.
2: I actually, I definitely believe in dream interpretation. Mm -hmm. Um, My partner has a Scorpio stellium too. Like he has sun like so many plants in Scorpio and he has extremely vivid dreams. Um, I don't have dreams like that. I, I, at this point in my life, to interpret my dreams, I think is like very arbitrary because I, I don't remember them very well, which might actually mean something now that I'm like thinking about that. Um, but I definitely see the value in dream interpretation.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I get those like
1: deja vu moments. I'm like, wait, I've like seen this or like as I'm going throughout my day, I'm like, oh, I already thought about this while I was sleeping. It's really it's kind of creepy, but it's cool at the same time.
2: Well, wow. it's like for you, the work is it done because you could keep going in your dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> I wonder if it has to do with the moon phase that you're born on. Oh, I'm a uh, last quarter. That's okay. a last quarter. That's a, a waiting moon thing. Yeah. Um, my, my partner's born on a balsamic moon. Mm-hmm. Um, so like right before the new moon. So in the waiting phases of the moon. And I know that in the last quarter of the moon, phases um dreams are typically really vivid and they say that it's because like the work like you continue to do soul work even in your dreams oh wow okay yeah at least that's what that's what I learned in book of the the book of the moon by Stephen Forrest and I was born on a full moon phase or just like after the full moon phase it's still considered in the the orb of the full moon Mm -hmm. um so I yeah I wonder if that is I wonder if like a Mm -hmm. I'm curious on doing like a survey of like people. Born in like the waning phases of the moon and and their dreams. Yeah, the moon affects me so much as the cancer
1: rising. Like I don't work on new. I don't work on new full moons. I block myself off. I'm like okay, I'm not available because I just can. Um, but Mm. yeah, the moon's influence. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. I've read, I've studied a little bit about the last quarter moon phase. I know it said something about like having a hard time letting go of things, (laughs) and I'm like okay, Mm. that that kind of
2: checks out. But yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really cool that you're like aware you're so in tune with the moon's energy and how it affects you and how you're able to plan your schedule around that. Um, cause I find that for me, uh, I that if, it affects me more based on where I'm at in my cycle rather than the moon's phase from, it was, it was different when I wasn't connected to my cycle. Um, but now that I'm connect, more connected to my menstrual cycle, it like trumps everything. So I find I, I block in my schedule, my inner new moon and my inner full moon.
1: Yeah. I just started, um, doing that this year with like my cycle. Um, I like, So like my last cycle, when I was in that follicular ovulation, I had all this energy and I like did a bunch of recording, did a bunch of stuff because I knew I would drop the energy and then I wouldn't want to do anything. (laughs) And then that's what happened. So, but it was so, it was like frustrating because I'm like, I'm in luteal phase. I don't have the energy, but I was like, I want to do stuff, but I'm like, it's not going to be your best work. So now I'm like in the follicular phase again. I'm like, okay, we're doing the interviews where I'm, my plan is to record stuff, but like. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like, it's like a cool way to plan out things out, but also not, it's like honoring your energy. And like, cause if you try to do a lot in your luteal phase, you're going to be so tired.
2: You're, yeah, definitely. Some people, some people find it the opposite. Some people okay. get overwhelmed in the follicular phase and like aren't really ungrounded by that high level of energy or they're really sensitive to the spike in hormones and they feel more grounded and like more like themselves in the the luteal phase. So it depends on how people resonate with their own, like the phases of their cycle. And I think it also depends on the birth chart and like their elemental composition and even what phase of the moon that they were born on. There's like, there's so many things to consider, but yeah, it's it's not always the case like that, but I, I find that I have more energy in my follicular phase, but I feel much more anxious in that time. Um, and yeah, I feel like I have less energy or I have less inspiration in my luteal phase. So it's like, it's really powerful to be able, like, to acknowledge that and then to like leverage the power of the different rhythms. Yeah. I find in the luteal phase,
1: cause I don't really want to like move my body as much. I just like sit and I like, contemplate mm. things. I'm like, what's working? What's that? like? I, I evaluate everything. I don't know where that kind of comes into it. And then after I've evaluated, it's like, then I'm ready to take action after that's sort of how I've been working yeah. with it this year.
2: But yeah, mm-hmm. oh, your con- your Pisces moon contemplation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I wonder too if you're like that because the luteal phase, um, like uh, yeah, it's like it's more about like it's kind of it's the energy of the way- the last quarter moon. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like an- analyzing your life and figuring out what's not useful. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's really cool that you've been able to like sit into that contemplation and like so that you can plan for the future um I I I have Mars conjunct Pluto in Scorpio so I'm like like my energy is like I'm very driven almost to the point where it could be it could not serve me um so I benefit. I would I would benefit from the Pisces moon flow (laughs) oh yeah like
1: I go I just I used to like try to I can't be like I, I can't force myself to be creative I have to flow with it. Like if I feel creative, I go with it. No matter if I had something else on my like list because I have Mars and Virgo. I'm like, okay, the list has to wait. We have to like ride the wave or else it's going to disappear because I'm very moody with everything. So when the when the inspiration comes, I have to go with it. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's like a, I think that that's like something I'm like trying to cultivate more and more is that like going with the flow of things and not being so like, drip like I if there's a mission sometimes I can override what my body is telling me but this is why I do the work that I do to like honor my body's rhythms and like yeah. connect to, to the flow rather than that single pointed like direction I have a lot of fixed energy oh, okay that's my lowest <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I feel like I have good some good I have like a little bit of cardinal energy uh because I my my Venus and Jupiter and Libra uh And then I like and the Capricorn rising, and and then yeah, I have a lot of fixed energy and a little bit of mutable energy because of the of Gemini. Yeah, I
0: have.
2: So like, it sounds like we can call. Comp- it sounds like we can complement each other. Yeah, I have like
1: five immutable. I know that and like three okay. fixed, and then a few. If I do the math, two cardinal. Then Cancer rising is is cardinal, but I tend to like get the idea, and then share it for a little bit. And then I'm like, Ooh, new idea. I don't have that, um, consistency sometimes to like stick with things, <laughs> but mm. yeah, but hey, we work with our strengths. Yeah. I'm, I call myself the idea person. If people need the new idea then like my career in marketing. So it's like, that's where it comes in. But, um, both of my closest friends have so much fixed energy. They're so stubborn. So I feel like there's that compliment energy. <laughs> Yeah. Mm, beautiful. So, how you mentioned the our cycles? Do you want to talk about how you kind of got into that as well? I think you're the second Scorpio I know who does work around menstrual cycles, and if you look at medical astrology, I think it's cool a connection there. But do you want to talk about how you got into that work?
2: Yeah. So, um, so it's funny because it's, it's it's it everything has like funneled into each other. But from learning astrology. I started to understand like the cycles of life
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um, I was really interested in lunar astrology. I still am. And then I started understanding the correlation to the menstrual cycle. And I was like, wow, that's like really amazing. But at that point I was not, I wasn't connected to my cycle at all. And um, so I started working more with the moon to anchor myself in, in cyclical rhythms because I didn't have a cycle to connect to. And then slowly that, Kind of evolved in a desire to connect back to my natural cycle. Um, and that just opened up like a whole world because I've had to do a lot of healing with my sacral chakra and a lot of healing with my reproductive health, my like with my menstrual cycle, um, which is like again, like such a Scorpio thing. But I wonder if it's the moon, square, Chiron, and Virgo in the eighth house. Mm-hmm too yeah. with the physical body and like the eighth house, the, like the reproductive organs and like sex and relationships, like deep intimacy. And yeah, so I guess it it, it 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 all like unraveled like bit by bit. And then this connection to like the inward life through yoga and my body and then astrology through self-awareness and like the understanding the bigger mic macrocosmic cycles to understanding like the microcosmic cycles. And connecting to my menstrual cycle was like deeply empowering because it's such a practical practice, right? It's like an embodiment practice. Um, And from there, I, because it's like such a thing that most menstruators aren't educated with or supported by, um, I had like, it became, it felt like a mission. Um, Again, like Mars conjunct Pluto uh, in Scorpio is like, um, like this like soul impulse to like Get something done or get like go after this mission like it feels like a calling yeah. um so that's kind of like yeah to, to answer your question mm-hmm. <laughs> in a, okay. a, a deeper way yeah. yeah so it started with astrology okay cool um yeah because i feel like you
1: mentioned like um like how we learn about our cycles like i feel like in school they did not teach me properly about things like understanding the fact that to have a period you have to like ovulate first because I've had issues where, like, my doctors thought I had like PCOS because I wasn't ovulating consistently. And then I made some like um, changes. I just started like moving my body more and just like eating differently. And then my cycle regulated. And I'm like, okay, this is awesome. But if, if I do the uh, cycle awareness method, like tracking, so like, because if I don't, I know that if I don't ovulate, there's not going to be a period. And like, I feel like some people aren't like aware of that, or I don't know, but it, it that definitely yeah. has been empowering for me. And, um, I don't know. I have the Mars and Virgo, so I, I have to always know what's going on inside my body. My mom always said that I was like very like obsessive with, with health stuff. And she's like, how do you know you're ovulating mm-hmm. right now?
2: I'm like, how do you know you're not like, you just, you have to like, mm-hmm. you feel differently. So yeah. Yeah. I could see how that would be like really empowering because you're learning to read your body's language, mm-hmm. which is like, in like, the, men- menstrual cycle, um, the menstrual cycle is considered like the fifth vital sign. So to be able to read your body's messages and understand for you that ovulation means a period and then you can plan accordingly too. Again, like yeah. Mars and Virgo yeah. <laughs> is like, yeah, I, I can like really resonate on that level. And yeah, most menstruators don't know this. and um, And like the menstrual cycle has a huge impact on like every area of life. So if you're, if you don't know that, then in my opinion, you're, re- you're missing out on like a really important tool for like holistic health. Um, and yeah, I think that we, I think I'm part of the Pluto and Scorpio generation. I think, do you have Pluto and Sagittarius? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like the Pluto and Scorpio generation are here to like bring this kind of like occult taboo knowledge, like the shadows up to the surface and um, yeah, I, I it's like no, like we we can't keep living in a world where like menstruators are disempowered with this kind of support and education, um, because yeah, it's it's life changing and super supportive. Yeah, yeah.
1: Even looking at like how my my grandma or my mom were educated on it is not as empowering to them. So like, yeah,
2: yeah. We were like we were like birthed by grandmothers and mothers who were like um disempowered from their cycles or like that where it was like literally not safe for them to talk about it or to be open about it. And so now that we are, I mean, I'm I have I'm white and cisgender. So I mean I have a lot of privileges that allow me to speak about this openly. But generally like this is something that's coming up to the surface more to be heard and to be acknowledged Mm -hmm. and respected. And I think like I feel like I have a responsibility to like future generations. My, I also, my Saturn is an Aquarius square my Mars and Pluto, so I yeah I feel like I have a responsibility for future generations, but also to like heal past generations and um yeah like to to get us back connected to our natural rhythms, which is also connected to the Earth's rhythms and the universe's rhythms, and so that we can come back into harmony.
0: Yeah what do you
1: like what's the first thing that someone can do if they wanted to start like connecting the dots to their cycle or the moon or astrology like what's the first thing you think they should like start to look at or
2: track or something yeah I would say just daily tracking even just your mood mm-hmm. um like yeah like it could be like just a few words it can be um colors but just this daily act of like checking in with yourself and and seeing and and then doing that every single day and seeing how that aligns with the day of your cycle or the phase of your cycle, I think is like the first step. Um, and I think if, if people are already, because a lot of the times people understand the moon's phases more than their own cycle. So um, if they, if people understand the moon's phases already it's like, it's literally a mirror for your own cycle. So to understand that like you're like day one of your cycle is the new moon's energy. So if you understand the energy of the new moon, you can maybe see how that relates to your own experience on day one.
1: Okay. And then this question just came to me because I've tracked like the start day of like day one to like when, like what the moon's actually in the phase. And I've done the thing where I've like actually bled with the new moon. Then I've done it where I've started my period on the full moon. Does, like, is it like, I don't know what the question is that's like coming out, but like, um, I don't know what the question is, but like, do you, um, like see that like often with people or it's like common to change depending on the different phase of life you're in and things like that.
2: Totally. It's super, super common for that to change. Um, and I think it just gives you a little bit more information, like a little bit more nuanced information about where you're at in life. There are people who talk about like what it means spiritually to bleed on different phases of the moon. I think uh, ultimately it's like, let's say there's archetypes associated to every phase of the moon, right? So it's like, if you're bleeding on the full moon, you're like, you're experiencing two different archetypes at once. So it's like a, a little bit more like rich and like dynamic and complex and can bring up different, I don't know. I don't know if issues are the word, but it's just, it gives you a different kind of experience. And vice versa. Um, and there, I, I think there is something to say about the fact that we are largely disconnected from natural light. So if you think in like ancient humans, like if we connect to our ancestral DNA, um, I, I would assume, and maybe there's research out there on that, but I would assume that menstruators were more in sync with the phases of the moon. So like, for example, bleeding on the new moon. And now with like artificial light, and spending generally more time away from the moon's light that we're not necessarily getting that kind of connection as much as like our ancestors would have um so there's like you said there's so many things that you can do to like regulate your cycle and um yeah i wonder if that even impacts whether you like which phase of the moon that you bleed on yeah, it's I like at one
1: point I like went back and I like was tracking because that Mars and Virgo and for a while it was like the um the waxing gibbous phase for like six months straight mm-hmm. and then it switched to the wand and gibbous and I'm like okay something something switched but I just found that like really cool and it's like that how do you go deeper and discover why it's doing that but yeah
2: yeah I I think so too but ultimately it's like um to trust that like whatever is happening is like sending you a message of some sort and that it's okay yeah. to feel through it. And it's not bad if you bleed on whatever phase of the moon, it's like yeah. totally fine. But again, there's something to say about like, hey, what would it mean for you if you bleed on like the first corner moon, as opposed to the last quarter moon? And yeah. like, how does that feel? But I think ultimately it goes back to that recommendation that I made about like tracking your own cycle. Cause ultimately like I, you are the only, like we are the only people that can really know what happens in our body. Mm-hmm. And then from there you can maybe like like for you, like you track and you analyze all the data. Yeah. <laughs> and you figure out the patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that I'll say too about this is there's because some people like I would say it's not a bad thing, let's say if you bleed on the full moon. But if you if people have really heavy periods or have like really debilitating periods, it could be heightened by the full moon's energy and like the gravitational pull. So there's actually a thing that you can do where you take it's called seed cycling. Um, where you take different seeds or you can take, there's also ways to do it with oil. Um, And I would recommend doing that with someone who's like specialized in this or like a whole distinct nutritionist who's like specialized in in reproductive health. But there's a way to do this seed cycling where eventually your cycle will go to sync up with the new moon. And um, as far as I've heard and what I've read and seen is that, that it's actually, it actually works my naturopath recommended
1: I do that like years ago when I was having inconsistent periods. But yeah, Mm. I learned about the seed cycling, but I could never, I don't think I would have been able to stick with it. But Mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So the last question that I ask everybody on here, because it's Be Mindful podcast is what mindfulness means to you and how you explore it in your day to day life.
2: Yeah, so mindfulness has been a a wonderful tool for me. And I think for me, mindfulness ultimately helps me feel safe um, in the moment. So, uh, because I've experienced trauma and I've been doing like trauma healing on myself for a long time, um, it's to like understand, like, understand when I'm having a, a nervous system response that that's acting as if there's a threat in my environment but to be able to understand like my nervous system with mindfulness um, from a trauma sensitive perspective and to come back to my my cues for safety. So for me, more recently, it's been like the base of my spine and like my sacrum and like connecting to the earth um, and just reminding myself that I'm in the here and now and even like looking around in my surroundings. And as a Scorpio, I feel like I can go really deep into morbid thinking Or going into territory that's not serving my mind. And then my, my Sagittarius, or not my Sagittarius, my Gemini moon spirals the thoughts. And so I can have a lot of like anxiety about the future, but it's like the mindfulness brings me back and helps me regulate my nervous system. So I feel safer and ultimately can like be more at peace with life.
1: Yeah, I find just, I have the Gemini and the Virgo and I'm a square in my chart with it and the nervous system. I I totally feel that and the like, just needing to calm down and yeah, no one's described yeah, it. I
2: even, yeah. It's like, and, but again, like with the tuning into the body's language and the messages mm-hmm. and yeah, learning about the nervous system, if it's like hyper activated or like under activated or like what kind of response I'm having. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, being able to have like mindfulness cues that are supportive of what I'm experienced to bring me back into um, like more of my window of tolerance or like a, a regulated state. Um, and I, I can resonate like the nervous system too cause like, and the, like the anxiousness because my, my Gemini moon is square Chiron and Virgo. Okay. Yeah. I have the Venus
1: and Gemini square Mars and Virgo. So it's even like the mask and feminine energies are just like, <laughs> there's a tension point.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, ultimately, like, like I'm, you might be able to resonate with this too, is like, this has created so much awareness and, like, discomfort that I've had to, like, learn different tools to be able to, like, work this out. And I think that's, like, a gift of, like, a square in a chart, is that it's, like, so loud and so, like, in our face that we have to deal with it. Yeah. So in this case, it led me to this, like, wonderful healing journey, which is now I'm having a conversation with you about it.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah no one's ever described it um as like feeling safe I think that's really nice whenever I've asked people about mindfulness it is sort of like a way to come like in the moment because like you're like safe here in the moment you don't have to worry about any
2: yeah that's like a nice way to Mm -hmm. to put it yeah more and more it has been that I mean I think with mindfulness sometimes it's not useful for someone who's like having a like PTSD for example or like Mm -hmm. paying attention to the inward life could actually cause more harm than good but mindfulness when we learn mindfulness we can and understand the language of the body and the nervous system we can understand whether or not it's serving us or not which is mindfulness in itself is it not Mm
1: -hmm.
2: yeah is to be like aware of our current situation yeah what's going on Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, like i'm grateful that it has provided much needed like safety for me that's nice yeah yeah And
1: then, um, do you want to share everyone can work with you? Like I'll list all your links to everything below, but like some of the things that you do with people and groups that you lead.
2: Yeah. Thanks for asking. There's a, a lot of different ways that I can support people. I, um, so I think my primary service is astrology readings. And I also have astrology astro coaching packages. So people who desire more accountability and, Um, a container of support for, like, longer-term transformation. I also offer, um, I have two courses. One of them is focused more on, like, the spirituality of menstrual cycle awareness and, like, more of self-love. That's um, offered a few times a year and within, like, a group format, Uh, but it's also offered as an evergreen course, so if, if people wanted to get started with that right away, they can they can do that that's available and I also have a 16-week program called Empowered Women Rise um, and this is much more comprehensive and is like a deep dive into understanding your innate intelligence and healing the repressed feminine so it's like really looking into the sexual life cycle specifically and how that's connected to the cycles of, of life and astrology and so that's in contrast to love your phases which which is the one that I was talking about before so love your phases is kind of like an introduction but you get like a ton of value and that's like a self-learning opportunity if people want and then empower women rises like people who are ready for like a life-changing experience and then final oh no i have two more services too i have a cycle awareness conversation cycle awareness service or consultation service so people who want specifically support for their menstrual cycle And then I also have monthly workshops. Uh, They're called Astrology for Self-Care. So we um, follow the sun's journey through the Zodiac and we look at how astrology can be practical for supporting our self-care.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then how i have been having everyone
1: end these off is just by like, I say like advice from a Scorpio. So like advice from your sun sign, what would you tell the people listening?
2: That's... Ultimately, when there's so much like out of your control in life, that, that might be a response that like your body might not feel safe, right? Because there's so much pain and like suffering in the world that Scorpios can be um, really concerned about where they stand and always being scanning their environment to see if there's any like betrayal but ultimately the lesson is to like trust. And that's when those feelings of like, when your body is like responding as if there's a threat in the environment through, like there could be like things like shadows, like jealousy, fear of like abandonment, all these different things, that there are methods for you to feel more in control and more safe and to trust yourself in life. And one of them is to use spirituality as a form of safety.
0: If you love today's episode, do not forget to share it with a friend or on social media. Or leave a review or rating below. And make sure to tag us on social media at Be Mindful Studio or Be Mindful Podcast if you share it. Also, if you have any questions or feedback or maybe an episode idea that you would like covered, don't be afraid to message me on Instagram. I'd love to connect with you and stay in touch. Thank you so much again for your support, and I will see you very, very soon in the next episode.